this week on the show. And I was like, and I just like keep seeing your name everywhere. Like, I feel like, like we're supposed to work together or something. Yeah. And then he, it was so funny. Like, he was just kind of like, huh. Like, I would need to hear some music first before I even <laughs> say anything. <laughs> Bryce Drew. And then I played 21 for him. Yeah. And on the second line, his jaw dropped. <sighs> on the second line. Wow. And when the chorus hit, he was just going like, wow. Here I am, 21. Singer, songwriter. I entire queen bed to myself. I don't have to share the covers with someone else. It may not be how I pictured my twenties to be, but I won't let that get to me. When I listen to your song, especially me, it's like I understand you completely, and it's really yeah, it was great. Uh, it was great to discover your music. Well, I'm glad uh, you found it. Anything to call it aside. And maybe I'm out of my mind. I see my lucky number everywhere I go. Um, well, it started the day I was born. <laughs> oh. On October 19th, 1995. 19 inches long. Let's talk to Bryce Drew on the Very Creative Podcast. Bryce Drew, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, thank you for coming on the Very Creative Podcast, my podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, I really wanted to have you on because I think your music is really awesome and uh yeah uh i i showed it to a couple of my friends uh my best friend and she was like uh oh you you need to have her on she she knows singing and she, she she's been singing and i was like should i have this one on it was like yeah i love her style i love everything so good wow that's so sweet yeah. tell her thank you for me <laughs> yeah that's so sweet uh, no she thank she, you for having me i really appreciate it yeah introduce yourself to everyone Hi, I'm Bryce so, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. That's my name. That's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great introduction. Thank you. No, but what do you do? And uh, explain to people where you're from. And... I am a singer-songwriter. I'm from Miami, Florida. I live in LA. I lived in Nashville for about four years. Went to college out there. Um, yeah. My family from all over my mom's from trinidad and tobago and my dad is born and raised in miami so that's my background and i've been out in la making my record with greg wells for the past three years now wow. writing and developing everything it's, it's great i mean i'm yeah. not in i'm not in la right now <laughs> i'm in miami <laughs> because of yeah. covid um but it's going good we're, i'm we're we're taking our time and doing it right, and it feels it feels good. It's a great team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it because uh, LA is uh, shut down, or what's the reason? 
why I'm in Miami or what do you mean? You just, you just want to be with your family? Everything? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was in LA alone most of the pandemic and right. uh, I hadn't seen my family in a year. So I decided to come for Thanksgiving and ended up staying because COVID was peaking and I didn't want to travel yeah. and I haven't seen them in a long time. So I'm just yeah. back God. in my childhood bedroom for a minute. <laughs> it feels weird, it's, right? I've done that. <laughs> it does feel weird because I know that it's not a permanent thing, but it's like, yeah. I ended up like redoing the entire room because I couldn't, I couldn't bear to like wake up and feel like a teenager again. I was like, I'm gonna rearrange everything and paint the walls and trick my yeah. mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. But it's still, it's good. I I haven't been to Miami in a long time, so it's. I know I probably won't get the chance again to be here. Yeah, has it changed your creativity at all, or has it helped it, or? Oh, totally. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's helped it. <laughs> um, well, first, I feel like when you're out of your your creative zone, it takes adjusting to like get back into it. And for me, I mean, I was creating alone. Like I had a whole apartment to myself to go from that to like being with my family and puppy and people I haven't seen in forever all around wanting to do things. and. Um, be together it it makes it hard to <laughs> put the t to separate time. the time and the balance yeah. and especially because you for me like i know i haven't seen my aunt my uncle you know like in a long time so and i also mm. don't know when i leave here when the next time i'll be back so it's like you have to figure out what comes first you know and this these past couple months have really been a lot about family for me so yeah COVID's been really uh, like it put things into perspective for for me at least. It, it was just it, like learning about what you've got. Like I knew that I've got great people and everything, but it's just learning about like my mom is so important to me and uh, everything like family is so important to me. And I knew that, but now I really know. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's great. And uh, you, you learning also that you uh, you have one life to live. And it's especially right now, it's a, a you could catch a virus and it can can't like uh, so somehow uh, maybe it won't go well, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's a, it's scary time. So uh, yeah, uh, just put things into perspective, I think. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about about uh, you growing up. So you grew up in Miami. So mm -hmm. you said you never, you don't remember a time when music was not in your life. So uh, describe a little bit about uh, your your how did your music uh, thing happen growing up? Uh, I mean, I've literally been singing since that exactly. Like I can't remember um, my earliest memories singing were like somewhere with a rainbow with the wizard of oz and my grandma playing it on tv and stuff but i mean i was completely obsessed with music and singing everything all the time um joined the choir in elementary school i remember at the time it was like the only songs if you wanted to sing that you were allowed to sing if you wanted a solo were the carpenters so i went home and learned the carpenters gold 
record from front to back until I got all of the solos in school. Wow. <laughs> um, I still know them by heart. Oh, wow. uh, and then I ended up going to middle school and high school for choir as well, but they were art schools. So I would spend at least like two to two to four hours of my school day was based in music okay. and classical um, primarily and classical and Broadway, because that's usually what it is in school. Um, and then when I was when I was 15, I got a guitar for my birthday. Yeah. My brother played guitar and I was kind of like, I'm the singer. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> the one playing guitar? And it's so funny now because I look back at videos of him playing guitar and it was really not great. And he'll say that too. I'm not like dissing my brother here, but it was like out of tune, like just banging the guitar. And I was yeah. like, that's so inspiring. <laughs> um, and I got, it was though, he was like determined and going after it. And he, he loves music yeah. too. Um, and I got a guitar for my 15th birthday. And at the time, what happened it was, to the guitar? I heard there was something that happened to the guitar. Yeah. So, like, I tried to play it and I was like, oh, wow, this is really hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> my fingers were killing me and I was like, can't, I can't do this. And I put the guitar under my bed. Um, right. And I just wasn't motivated to pick it up because I think the hardest part about playing guitar is starting. It yeah. is that first big patch of like you have to put the hours in to build to build the stamina up and to like get your calluses ready to like just easily coast on the guitar. It's a physical thing that you need to like the endurance, you know? Yeah. Um and I just wasn't into it. And I I was in love with the guitar, with the sound of it, but I was like, I guess like I can't play guitar. <laughs> um and then I just, 15 to 16 was a really an intense year in my life. Um, I had lost a lot of people close to me, one after the next in my family. Um, and I, my grandmother had Alzheimer's um, and I would go, I learned guitar so that I could play for her. So I would go and play for her at the nursing home. Right. And I wrote, there was this big, this big moment for me where um, we thought we were losing her and we all went to go say goodbye. And I brought last minute, I wasn't going to, my mom was like, you should bring your guitar. So I brought my guitar and I played for her and she was unresponsive all morning. And mm. And after I stopped playing, she she responded and told me she loved me and asked me to play her another song and stayed alive for another five to six months. Jesus. And after that, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I was like, music is crazy. And this is what I want to do with my life. So that like two months after that happened, I wrote my first song and my life was was that was chasing songs that I felt were powerful and could move people the way that I saw that happen. Um, yeah. 
then that's kind of my my core and where everything comes from for me you know the beginning of everything that's that's so powerful that's so uh (laughs) beautiful um and uh yeah you mentioned your first song what was that like writing your first song and looking back uh comparing your your music nothing stays buried forever especially not the past yesterday is not yet gone a mystery novel by gabriel vega host of the very creative podcast available now paperback and digital gabrielvega.com buy it now yeah you mentioned your first song what was that like writing your first song and looking back uh comparing your your music what do you think well it is actually pretty funny because i go back and one of the lines was i don't need love to write this song (laughs) (laughs) and all of my songs have something to do with that and i don't even it just it's really funny because it's like i have grown and changed and that was next year to be 10 10 years ago right um but it's still me and you can still hear me in it yeah. and it was like finger picking guitar me being like everything's gonna be all right <laughs> like just be yourself yeah. type of thing that you say when you're 15 but <laughs> i mean it's it's sweet to look back on would i ever release it no <laughs> <laughs> But I remember being so excited. Like my parents, my parents went out of town. They were yeah. like in New York for a weekend and I was here. And I just wrote the song while they were gone. And when they came back, the minute they walked through the door, I was like, I did something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I like put it on the speakers. And it was like this big, this huge big deal. Like oh, like wow. they came home to it. And it was a it was so funny. Like my best friend used to live across the street and I ran across the street and played it for her and for her family. And oh. she started crying. And then it was just like, I think when I think about all of that, I'm so grateful that I had all of that yeah. support around because it's like, when I listen to the song, like, like I said, like it's cute and sweet, but it's not <laughs> like, Holy moly, that's yeah. a song, you know? So the fact that they all heard it and were like, yeah, you, you can build something off of this and you have, you have something there that's worth developing, you know, to be excited about and make me excited about is incredible. It really is, you know? Yeah. And that was the start of that. Uh, and yeah, you should, uh, you should look at that as a, so such a great moment, such a, a wonderful mm. moment. I like I, I can relate to you because I'm a writer and uh, uh, I remember my first scripts that I have written. They weren't that great and showing my family, but my mom still enjoy them. And she was reading all of it. And she was like, yeah, go, go, go. You're you're talented and everything. And I kept going and I'm still doing it uh, 12 years later. You know? That's amazing. So uh, it's all about that first thing that you do and the encouragement that you get from the people around mm-hmm. you and it's so important yeah who's your your biggest cheerleader your family? my biggest cheerleader i can't say one <laughs> or all of them my all of them my mom my dad and my brother and my godmother is a painter she introduced me to Joni mitchell when i was a teenager 
Yeah. After I started writing and Joni became a huge influence because of her. And she's also an artist too. So you can talk in a certain language. Um, but my dad is like everywhere. Every time he's driving the windows down, he's playing my song. The He's like at a restaurant. And he's like, Hey, this is my daughter. And like putting his phone <laughs> up to, you know, he's a, he's a real dad. Are you embarrassed by that? Yeah. But I let him do it when I'm not next mm. to him, you know, Yeah, <laughs> it gotta be. Um, my mom is amazing to everybody i can't compare them like yeah they are all my biggest cheerleader in their own different ways you know yeah my mom is a is a creative herself too she's yeah, she, that's what um, i was gonna ask yeah yeah she was in um marketing and advertising okay and she's a creative director so okay. i grew up going on like photo shoots and stuff with her and she's like a visually creative so she she's great when I want to like, obviously with my artistry, like everything has to do with visuals too. So it's nice having that being able to um, soundboard off of her and she's super honest as well. It's like, I'm grateful that I have super supportive family, but while they're like, you have something to develop and stuff, they were never like, Oh my God, you are the best thing in the entire world. (laughs) And like, you're, you know what I mean? Like my mom, everyone's very honest yeah they're very honest so that's good yeah and oh my brother is is um in stage he sets up stages like he does lighting and sound and stuff yeah yeah awesome yeah that that's always interesting to me because uh do you feel like that all the the people that uh you had in your life that were already creative do you feel that influence you in a way to to be creative yourself because i didn't have any creative people in my life at all yeah i mean none of them were in music right like my brother and i were the first i don't it's really funny that we both ended up in music industry but i think it was the fact that i had so many people i have so many people in my family that are entrepreneurs that are like you can create a business for yourself and like chase an idea and make it a reality that that was a huge influence on me because Mm. it was never, I, I mean, it was never like a push for me to find a regular job. It was like, I believe in your path that you see becoming a a reality and a real thing if you create it, you know? Right. So that was a huge influence. Definitely. Yeah, because I didn't have any creative people. They were all businessmen, but like the business aspect of it, I have it now. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I never wanted to go in any of what my 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 mom was doing, my grandfather was doing it. They were like, uh, I didn't want to do it, but it's still ingrained in me. And still hearing my mom today, like, uh, or over the years, just dealing with people on the phone, like it just, uh, yeah. it just uh, ingrained yeah. in me. And, uh, I use that for my creative feel now. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> like, I, I never wanted any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, it's so useful. Uh, so yeah, it, it's I weird. That, that. Yeah. My, my dad's in real estate. So I grew up with that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's weird. It's really mm-hmm. weird. Um, so um, yeah. And then you, you went to study Nashville after that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. From Miami to Nashville? from Miami to Nashville. So actually, so before I moved to Nashville, 
I was 16 when I wrote my first song. I started posting covers on YouTube. Right. And then there was an there's an artist named Lauren Aquilina in England. Um she's my she's my age at the time. We were both 17. Mm. And she posted online that she was like looking for people to support her in England on tour. And I posted a cover of one of her songs and she was like, come play at my London show. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was like one, one year of me writing songs. And I'm like, oh, like in high school, like uh, I'm flying to London to yeah. like play with this super cool independent artist. Um, wow. And that was another, my whole family, she, we're like best friends now. We both live in LA in a, we're 10 years later, like it's crazy. It's super, super cool. But at the time she was like, you're crazy. Like we were 17. It was her first show ever. And my whole family came, my mom, my dad, and my brother were all like, yeah, we're going to go. You're going to like skip school and go play at an underground like venue in England. And it was one of the best weeks ever, but nice. that show, um, because I saw, because I was on stage with Lauren and I knew that she, she had just released her first EP and like sold out a little show and she was the same age as me. And she was so encouraging just being yeah. like, you can do this. You just have to like, you have to be strong headed and just yeah. like make it happen, yeah. you know, and it's possible. And once I saw that, I was like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> and then I just start, then I was like, okay. Um, a, a year later I ended, I was like, I'm going to go to school for songwriting. Part of me didn't want to go to school at all, but my mom was like, you have to go to college. So <clears throat> I, <laughs> I applied to a bunch of different schools and I actually cried on the way. The first time I ever went to Nashville to look at the school, I cried because I was like, what the heck? like Nashville, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not country. Like I just want to be in England doing yeah. like pop folk music. And um, I had no idea what it was going to be like. Yeah. And then on the, like when we left, I was like, I'm moving to Nashville. Like I'm in love with it. Um, yeah. Cause so you discovered funny. that it wasn't just country or. So happened? I actually, I, I went to Belmont University yeah. and they had a thing called Be Belmont Day where they show you what the school is all about. And I had I had gone to see a couple other different schools and the vibes, the vibe I got when I went to go see Berkeley or when I went to go see UM down here, which they're both great schools. But when they were talking about their curriculum, it was so much about like who had been there before that was famous or whatever. Yeah, you know, um, and at Belmont, the the it was like they put together a mock class for us. Right. So I went in, and there were ten potential songwriting students in a room with an instructor talking about songwriting, not about how good the school is. Like literally telling you, "Look, I'm going to give you an intro class right now," and it was like it was so insightful for me at the time I had only yeah. written like five to 10 songs, right. This is only a year mm -hmm. and a half after I started writing. And um, it was taught by Bonnie Baker. who's a great songwriter. She did some stuff for like Hunter Hayes and at the time. Um, 
And she like gave us like 10 books we should read if we want to like think about writing that she told us like, you just need to leave home and like chase it and like get yourself in that place where you can really like hunker down and, and create, you know, and how to go from writing like five songs a month to 20 songs a month and like slowly building your, your goals up. Mm. And it was just, I walked out of there like, oh my God. She's got like a whole blueprint to like how to start, you know? And when I did that, I was like, wow, I get it now. Like I can see how this could be beneficial to me, right? Rather than just not going to school. And that's what you needed. That's what I needed. Yeah, definitely. Because I hadn't written a lot of songs and I did feel at the time, like most people, um, most people who went to school for songwriting with me had been writing far longer than me, right? Like right. I was there, I'd been playing guitar for three years and writing songs for one. Wow. And people around me were like coming to Nashville every summer with their family to go into writing sessions and play gigs and like fully. And yeah. I felt like, okay, I've been singing my whole life, but like I just kind of started yeah. writing and yeah. like, it was really like those kids were better than you and totally which which in the long run it was a really great thing yeah i i'm happy that i was in a room where everybody was more experienced than me because i learned how to collaborate with with the right people you know um and it pushed me a lot to just want to be to there was a standard you know right and so yeah, so after that class with Bonnie, I walked out and I Nashville was so cute. There's like coffee shops everywhere and <laughs> people playing music everywhere. And coming from Miami, like there's no I mean the music around is great, but it's all Latin music, reggae music, party yeah. music, electronic dance music. Wasn't and I'm like I love that. I like grew up on that, but yeah. I'm a storyteller right. and I need like venues where people want to hear the lyrics not where mm. they want to just dance you know right i'm glad to be in a venue where they want to do both that's like yeah <laughs> big fan of like lyrics and dancing at the same time but um yeah miami is like i want to drink a pina colada and, and sure. listen to people so <laughs> uh, it was hard to yeah. be here so it was very inspiring for me to be somewhere where where there wasn't a stage yeah you know yeah that's why i moved yeah and throughout your uh, university uh career or path uh what what are the biggest lessons that you've learned that you're still carrying with you today in your music oh my gosh there's so many um i think the one i always try and remember is like there's always inspiration if you look for it Right. Right. Like I, especially this year, I feel like it's been a really stagnant year, but it's like, if you show up and you're like, you know what, I'm going to like, this is one thing we used to do in class all the time. Um, My professor in our first songwriting class would have us sit down the first 10 minutes and open Twitter (laughs) and scroll through Twitter and write down 10 song titles just as an exercise find it in people's tweets because it's so conversational and we used to do that and i always thought it was so genius because it's like 
usually you scroll through something like that and you're just like relating to it and like laughing or retweeting it or whatever you're not thinking like oh that's like that's a good song right yeah but that that taught me like when you feel dry and you still want to create it's possible to find things you know you just kind of gotta put your mind to it right um that's one thing what else uh that's a a weird and wonderful exercise yeah i loved that what else uh oh this was a funny one and one time um we were assigned the complete to write a song in the complete opposite genre of what we normally do okay and see what happens oh wow yeah i was assigned to write a club song (laughs) it was awful you you knew that because miami (laughs) well that's why they is because it was like i was so i was so not that that they were like i want to hear what it sounds like you know because they know it's in me but it's just like i'm so like i don't want to do that that (laughs) it but it was like we were told either to write a country song a christmas song or a club song whatever Mm. is the most opposite uh i feel like christmas probably would have been the easiest yeah in country because yeah they're kind of similar but (laughs) um do you still remember the club song yep it was called (laughs) feeling lit wow yeah and i put the photo the photo was like a sweet potato fry me smoking a sweet potato fry but (laughs) oh my god and people actually liked it people were like you need to put this out and i was like nope (laughs) (laughs) my parents loved it it with us am i gonna share it with you yeah it was like Oh, it was like <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to if you're not. Yeah. Uh I don't <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well I mean well what I learned from yeah. that is that it's it's fun to like get out of your your comfort zone like yeah. that. Like it was it was interesting to like experiment in a place I don't normally go in. And, and because of that, I started recording my own music because I had to make a club song. You need to learn how to produce something. You can't write a club song on the guitar and turn it in. Yeah. Because I did that. Then I was like, Oh, I can make my own demos. I can produce. I can you. Yeah. So get out of your comfort zone because you don't know what else you're capable of until you try, you know? And another thing, songs anymore, are you? (laughs) I mean, I, I don't mind them actually. It's just like, if, if it's like what I said before, if it's a good song, if it's a good song, it doesn't matter what genre it is. It really Mm. doesn't. Yeah. I think you could write a great club song. If the lyric is great and the melody is great. It's a great song. Yeah. So I don't X out any genres anymore. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, but that said, the other thing I would say is I the biggest thing I learned from college is that everybody in this industry has a different path. Right. Right. Because I spend you- every day in a class full of people who are all trying to do the same thing. 
Right. And all of us went different ways. Mm. So like when I was there in Nashville, the typical path to go is to write songs, write with a bunch of other people, not necessarily for anyone in the room. Like usually it's to try and send a publisher to see if other artists can cut them and just to keep building your catalog until people hear your name and you just make your way up right. into the industry as a songwriter. Yeah. And I had this, this big moment when I met my producer, Greg, that was like, oh, I don't need to do that. Yeah. There's also the path of being an artist. Right. And I don't, you know, like it was like because I was in Nashville and that just felt like it felt like it was the only way to go. Like, right. Because you see everybody doing that. And that's kind of the way the programs are built at the school to like teach you how to meet publishers and how to, which is, which is great. Like there's nothing wrong with that at all, but it can be hard to, to see that there are different avenues to get to right. where you want to be in the industry. You know, mm-hmm. um, like for me, it was hard. I went through a big period where like my songs, I didn't realize that the songs I was writing were so artistically me that nobody else would cut them. Right. And so publishers were like, what do I do with this? You know what I mean? So nothing was working until I met a producer who was like, why don't you record your songs? Like, hello, you know? Right. Because I felt like, oh, I need to be a successful songwriter before I can go after my album. Mm. I always wanted an album. I always wanted to be the artist, but I thought that there was a step before that. Right. Right. So I, I really learned that in Nashville where it was just like, you don't, you don't know which way you're going to go and don't lock yourself in one, in one place, like continue to, to see yeah. who else you're going to meet, who, what other opportunities are going to come up and, and just follow it as it comes along. You know, that's the industry is so unpredictable. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same, same for me. Like I, I thought I had one path and uh, yeah, it's not how life will take you. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, yeah, it's a weird, it's a re- weird, but a fulfilling road. And when you start also making like big uh, moves or big, big things start happening in your life, you, you're like, oh, okay, that, even though it didn't happen earlier, now I understand why, because I needed to do this and this. And yes. yeah, it's all about exactly what you have to learn, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when, what happened after Nashville? You, you left for LA right away or? Um, so after Nashville, I, I stayed in Nashville for a year. Right. After college, I graduated in three years. So the last year, um, I kind of split between Nashville and L.A. I was going on writing trips with Lauren, who I was talking about before. Yeah, She was coming from England and she didn't want to go to L.A. alone. So she was like, come with me. And I had never been to L.A. Yeah, And so I would go with her and we would both um, book sessions at the same time and like split an Airbnb and and yeah. go and go work in L.A. Um and I remember Lauren and I, the first time we went to LA, she was like, do you think you're ever going to move here? And I was like, nah, like maybe in five years, 
if I have to, like if I, if there's like a ceiling that I reach in Nashville or something and then I moved, (laughs) 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 um, I think that like what happened, I mean, you you met Greg or I did meet Greg. So the second trip I went, I went first in, in October, which was great. Um, and my mentor in college, Jody, she she worked with Greg um, on the Mika record. So she wrote Grace Kelly with him. Okay. Known him for years and years. So um, she had always told me that she wanted us to meet and she thought we would have like good energy and stuff. And I Greg was always really in LA and legit. And I was like college student. Um, <laughs> And eventually she sent an email to him on, on the second trip out. Um, that was like, Greg, you need to meet Bryce. Like if you have time for a coffee and right. he was, he didn't answer. And then a month later I wrote, I was like, Hey, if you still want to do this, I extended my trip because everything in everything in LA was going really well. Mm. And I was like, I had coffee with somebody who was like, are you leaving? I can like get you in a bunch of sessions. What's the rush back to Nashville? And I yeah. was like, you know what? You're right. And I trusted it. And I changed my flight that day and stayed for another um, two weeks. Right. And so I emailed Greg because Lauren had been like, Bryce, you need to like get, put yourself out there more. You need to like ask people <laughs> for things. Him. It's not going to happen unless you ask people. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm like super quiet about every I'm, like super chill and don't want to make a big deal out of things. <laughs> and Lauren's like, Hey, you need to like ask. So the next day I changed my flight and I was like, you know what? Lauren's right. Like I'm going to email Greg. So I emailed him and was like, Hey, I'm still here if you wanted to meet. And within an hour, he was like, come to my studio tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remember, I remember the moment I got that email because Greg is, before he became my partner in this record and my mentor and just a big part of my life, he was somebody that I, I mean, I still do, was somebody that I looked up to musically and would see him on the, on the credits of all of like my favorite songs, you know, I saw him speak at my school. I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> like he's yeah. so inspiring. And, um, and he also had a huge, before I even met him, I, I saw him speak at my school and he was talking about being an artist and how that's a thing that you can chase, you know? So he had yeah. a huge, before I even started working with him. Um, and so when he sent that email and was like, come to my studio for a coffee. I just remember being in the air. Airbnb and Lauren being behind me on the bed and me just like falling on the bed and being like, I'm Greg just asked me to come to the studio tomorrow. Like <laughs> Greg Wells. Um, yeah. It's just so funny to think of now because the whole thing was so spontaneous and like in the moment. And like I went to studio, yeah. we were talking about life for like an hour. And then he was like, hi. <laughs> why did you want to like meet me so badly <laughs> like what do you want you know right 
And I was like, well, uh, Jody told me that like we would have good energy together. Lauren said the same thing. Like he knew both of them really well. And I was like, and I just like keep seeing your name everywhere. Like I feel like, like we're supposed to work together or something. Yeah. And then he, it was so funny. Like he was just kind of like, huh? Like I would need to hear some music first before I even (laughs) say anything. (laughs) And I didn't heard anything from you before that. He had never heard anything, and he was like, "Because I like I told you, I'm like super." chill like i don't like asking people for things i'm like and i really didn't when i showed up at his studio i was just like it was an honor to be at his studio just to to know like hey i'm sitting in the same room a lot of cool records were made that like makes me feel like it's just like great to be in his presence and and in that energy of like where things happen you know yeah and he was excited to show me the studio and show you know um but at that point it was like because i like i'm not i'm not the person who walks in and is like has my phone up and is like let me play this like that's just not me yeah so he was like i need to hear something and i was like okay uh he was like well you didn't bring like oh no he was like do you have like a link or something and i was like no like can i play live for you and he was like well you didn't bring a guitar and i was like yeah i thought that would be kind of forward if i just like walked in with a guitar on my back (laughs) (laughs) and he i was like i also kind of figured you'd have one because we're at a studio (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he he was like okay follow me and he handed me this martin and was like is this okay it's gorgeous martin and i was like um (laughs) Yeah, it's totally okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he was being such a goof. Like he was like, "Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> You're about to play for the most intimidating person you've ever played for one person." And I was like, "Uh huh, I'm sure." Um, <laughs> oh my god, way to stress you out. It's really funny to look back on now because he's just like the coolest, most supportive person ever. Yeah. And I know he was just trying to see how I performed under pressure yeah and that's what a good person like that's what a good person in the industry a good person in the industry knows that like yeah you need to be able to play under pressure or else it's just like not probably not gonna work but right um it's it's really funny for me to look back on and and it's still exciting when i think of the story but at that point at that point i we went into the vocal room, right? right? Like where you record vocals and stuff. And yeah. he was sitting directly across from me. And I was sitting where like a bunch of my heroes recorded vocals. And <laughs> I was like, oh my God, like not like the movies and like one and only were written right here. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I'm about to play my song now. Um, and then I played 21 for him. Yeah. And on the second line, his jaw dropped on the second line and when the chorus hit he was just going like wow (laughs) and i was just like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) playing the song and like looking at him and just like seeing it register with him and feeling it 
register yeah. with me being like, is this actually happening? Like he likes yeah. it because he told me if he didn't like it, he would stop me. Right. Because he he didn't have time. He has work to do. And like, right. He doesn't. He was like, I don't mean anything by it, but like, I don't want to make you keep playing if I don't think it's something that I love, mm. you know? Right. And I was like, I really respect that, you yeah. know, like I'd rather you be honest with me than just like keep listening and yeah. Make a fool of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I finished, he was like, a lot of people need to hear that. <sighs> he was like, do you know what you just did? And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. And he was like, no, thank you. Like, wow. Uh, he was like, that's really beautiful. And he was just like, play another one. <laughs> so then I played another song that's not out yet, but we did record it. Um, and after that song, he was like, I want to make your record. And I was like, huh? <laughs> and he starts apologizing. He's like, did I say something? Like, did I say something too fast? Like, I'm not trying to like, to, I'm, I'm just like spitting stuff out because I've, I haven't been this excited about something in a long time. Now you was getting out. <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm just, I'm just processing. This is like a lot. <laughs> like, how, what do you, what is your record? What do you want it to sound like? Who do you like? And I was like, I, I was like, not electronic. <laughs> <laughs> not club. <laughs> not club, not feeling lit. Um, well, at that time, I was I was in L.A. and I was writing top lines for tracks. And I was just I just wanted to do stuff on my guitar and on a piano and just like raw things. And I knew that he yeah. he knows that world. Right? right. So and that's my world. That's his world boom, it's our world together now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so nice. after that song, he said that, and then he was like, play another song. So then I played, I played Love Life. Right. And he was like, I loved everything. And but let's work together. The next day, when I left, he was like, he's like, get out of here, but come back. <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's like a love story. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I remember walking out and calling my parents and being like, I think I'm making an album. <laughs> like, what's oh, wow. happening? My life just changed. And How did they react to that. They were like, what? And they called my brother. They put it on a three-way. They just like, <laughs> it was funny. Um, and the next day, Greg had, there's an email on my, that was like, this is the details. Like if you want to like wow. sign a production deal and like get a, a record, going and like two months later he was in nashville we had breakfast and he was like i was like should i move to la and he was like if you're willing to i was like okay okay <laughs> <laughs> and then i moved in a month uh yeah i was like i'm gonna go make a record like whatever let me just pack everything up and just go and yeah. i did and it was the best thing i ever did yeah. um that was a really exciting time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It must be so magical to look back on. Think it is. It. Yeah. It is. I'm really grateful that that I found him. And it, I mean, like you said, it sounds like a love story. I feel like 
a producer and an artist have to have some sort of chemistry, like yeah. obviously not in a love story <laughs> kind of way, but in a way that like you're yeah. talking about your songs, like right. for an artist and a songwriter, like it's your whole life that you're trusting with somebody to make, to present it and yeah. to make it sound good. And to like, like you have to have some sort of you get me moment. Um, yeah. And we had that, we have that, you know, so we trust each other and it, it works really well. Um, and he's wow. like, obviously you could tell by a story that he's like a super honest dude yeah. and super supportive at the same time. And I feel like it's kind of like what I was telling you with my family, how it's like, they're encouraging and tell right. you like where you could go, but they're also like, Hey, you got to fix that. And that's yeah. like, not your best, but <laughs> keep yeah. going. Um, he's that same kind of way of yeah. of pushing me to to be a better artist and and directing me to where i need to go you know yeah I'm so sure yeah i'm sure you're really grateful of like because you could have stumbled upon someone that wasn't that nice like that wasn't yeah that kind, but still wanted to sign you and the relationship wouldn't be that great you know and yeah no i feel i feel very lucky for that um And I had worked with a lot of producers before, like I was writing all the time yeah. and working with producers every day. And it, you could just immediately tell the difference about how right. much he, he felt the songs and cared about getting the music right, you know, yeah. and capturing me in the song, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. It was like, he was the one who said, where is the Bryce Drew record? Mm. he was the one who said that who reminded me like hey you're i was 22 he was like you know what i mean it's like hey you're 22 years old start making your record now right why not you know it doesn't really matter if you make it at 22 or 30 but it's like yeah you might as well <laughs> yeah. what's stopping you from why are you still waiting to yeah. to get better you know yeah um And you're so, going to keep getting better and that's the beauty of it but you should start somewhere i think yeah i mean i'm grateful i didn't start 10 years ago because i wouldn't want yeah. those songs out in the world but i feel like i spent that's so long i spent so long writing and developing yeah. it like especially in my years in nashville i was just writing every day and writing hundreds of songs and it's like after you do that and there are a few that stick around and feel right. honest to you and don't get old you just put them out you know yeah 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 wow i i'm just blown away by your story oh yeah um, thanks for caring <laughs> <laughs> no you're, you're you're amazing you're unbelievable um yeah um so talk a bit about your song you, you have three songs out right right now mm -hmm. so 21 first Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. When I was younger, It all seems so simple Thought meeting someone was inevitable 
song he heard the first time that was the first one he heard um what was that process of writing that that song i had the guitar first yeah um and the lyrics were completely different it was about something else at first um and i hated but i hated the lyrics (laughs) and that day my friend's I was calling my friends to hang out and they were all out on dates. Right. Every single one of them. And my roommate went out with her boyfriend as well. And I was just home alone with my guitar playing this song. I loved the guitar and I hated the lyrics. And I was like, that's not what I'm feeling. And then I wrote 21. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is me being honest. This is just like where I'm at right now. Like I was 21 and I was seeing everybody else fall in love and I was... I also had just gone on like my first, there was this guy that I was seeing and we had gone on a couple of dates and it was like, and I had told him that I had never been in love before. And like a few days later, he he ended things and it was my 21st birthday. And I had thought like, oh, I'm going to reach 21 and like finally be able to say that like, I'm in a relationship and I met somebody. Because your parents fell in love at 21, right? Yeah. My parents fell in love. My parents met at 21. So I always thought that was going to happen. Um, Adele over here was a huge influence <laughs> on me. This is my childhood bedroom. Yeah, so there's still, still a big Those Adele poster on the wall. Um, she was a big influence to me growing up and, and a huge reason why I started. And I mean, when I, I think I always had in my mind, like my parents met at 21, this album about like a huge love and heartbreak is 21 like the same thing like the guy i was with i met him at 20 it didn't work out i reached 21 and was still single and i just like had thought that i would get there yeah and be able to feel this shift in my life that i didn't you know yeah and so i wrote that song yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i i i i was gonna ask uh what's your relationship with with love but you just described it uh because I, I i feel uh like when i listen to your song especially me it's like i understand you completely and mm. it's like uh like it's like you speak my language in terms of like i didn't have uh anything uh a r- relationship i mean i'm still single like still looking for love so it's uh yeah i get it and it's really yeah it, it, it's it, well yeah it was great uh it was great to discover your music well, i'm glad uh, you found it yeah thank you for sharing that and for for telling me that you relate you know like I, yeah. I, I know you hear my music in a in a different way than a lot of people do so thank you yeah 
and mm. you shared it in the, uh valentine's day i think and you were like oh all the single ladies but i was like oh i wanted to say oh yeah me too i get it <laughs> i get it <laughs> uh, yeah so talk about love life that's also about love so i i feel like the single ladies thing is more more with love life for me than 21 like oh yeah you i, love I life, get yeah. I actually get a lot of messages from you would think it would mainly be women, but it's not. Nope. Um, which, which is surprising to me for some stupid reason. <laughs> That's the one actually that struck the, the, the chord for me. Love life. Yeah. Wow. That's the one that. That's awesome. Like, okay. I get it. I, I completely get what she's saying. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I have an entire queen bed to myself I don't have to share the covers with someone else It may not be how I pictured my twenties to be But I won't let that get to me Even though I know there's something missing, missing There are finer things in life than kissing I don't need a love life to love life I don't need a love life to love life Ooh, I don't need, I don't need I don't need a love life I don't need, I don't need a love life to love life That's the one that... That's awesome. Like, okay, I get it. I, I completely get what she's saying and I was like, okay, yeah. I love that. Um... I really love that. I but think it's, there's also like, sorry, there's also yeah. like a beautiful message in it. Like you don't need a love life to, to love life and to enjoy it and just to, yeah. Keep it, going. Yeah. yeah. It's, I uh, think, I think that's an important message too. Yeah. I think the, the two of these 21 and love life next to each other mean the most to me than they do on their own. Right. You know what I mean? Like they belong together as far as like, I don't think you, the the message is completely clear for me to be like, I don't need a love life to love life without saying like, mm. Hey, I still do want love eventually. And I believe in it and I yeah. love it. Yeah. But like right now it's not happening and I'm not just going to like mm. sit around here and be like, Oh my God, poor me. Right. When I can like, continue living my life and like having amazing days and making my surroundings beautiful and traveling and having good friendships and being with my family and in the weather and whatever, like all of that, that's the way that I live my life. And, right. and I always think it's, I don't know, like I have people who ask me like what it's like to, to be single and have all of this time. And it's just like, there's still a lot of life. Yeah, you know, like there's still a lot of life yeah. out of a relationship, and you don't need yeah. to to wait for it. So I just kind of you learn to love yourself too. Learn to love yourself, and you learn what makes you happy yeah. and what you need to to that's so important keep yeah. going. You know, so yeah. that's really what the message is in my song. Um, yeah, and what I wanted to to put out there as. I guess not necessarily, although I do feel like it's empowering for a single woman, but um, for yeah. for everybody, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel But like I, I wrote, I actually wrote Love Life before 21. Okay. Wow. People usually ask me how I got 
Like I'd get messages from people that are like, Hey, just like looking for advice that are like, how did you get from 21 to love life? Cause I'm trying to get there. I'm like, I actually went the other way around. (laughs) You released 21 before, right? I released it before, but I wrote love life to people. Yeah. Yeah. But even when people would see me live, they were like, how did you get from that to that? Like, that's where I want to be. And I'm like, well, I actually went backwards. So. Yeah. Are they putting down 21? Is that what's happening? Are they putting it down? Is that what you said? Yeah. They're, no, they're just saying it's like sadder, oh, okay. which it, it's just realer. Yeah. It's more honest. Totally. It's like, mm. I thought I would have that by now. And Love Life is like, I don't need it. Like, it's fine. Right. But yeah, I went from being like, I don't need it to, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel it now. Like, I feel yeah. the absence. But um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But I wrote Love Life first. It was the same thing after the same relationship. Um, yeah. It wasn't even in a relationship, whatever. The same Situation. guy. Um, yeah. He, when he ended things, I was just like, I don't need a love life. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote Love Life. Yeah. And I, it was the same thing. I had the guitar. No, actually, I had, I had the I don't need a love life to love life lyric. Yeah. And then I wrote the guitar part. And I was like, oh, that lyric that's sitting in my notes would work really well with this funky, fun guitar thing that just feels like a, for me, it's just like so happy and like joyous to play. Um, And they just kind of went together, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like, uh, because I'm a writer and I, I feel that sometimes when I live something that's, giving me uh anger or like those emotions uh i tend to like sit down and want to write something about that and the person that hurt me or the things that hurt me and Mm -hmm. i kind of um learned from uh an experience that like i i was writing at some point and because something had happened to me and Mm -hmm. i was like this isn't good at all. This isn't good at all. This is just me like, but it's venting therapy and it's yeah. great and everything. I, I, I don't say don't do it, but uh, like, it wasn't good for me. It wasn't like the, the best writing I've ever done. So mm-hmm. how do you, do you feel about your emotions dictating what you're going to write? It's hard. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it depends on the day. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I have the words. Sometimes I don't. Like sometimes it's just you feel it always good or always no. 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 Sometimes it's awful. Sometimes I think it's good because it's honest. Right. And then I send it to Greg and he's like, This isn't your best work. (laughs) And I was like, really? Like my whole heart is in it. And he's like, the lyrics are great. It's not good. (laughs) I'm like, okay. On to the next. Just gotta yeah. like put my put my heart away. <laughs> yeah. But you get over it and yeah. you like the magic like that doesn't always happen. You just gotta keep going, you know. Um but it's okay, I feel like it's to, okay. to write to write that thing that your emotion dictate. And even if it's not gonna go anywhere, you, you did it for I you. Feel, yeah, you you do it for you, and I feel you need that to write the the next thing that it's going to be great. 
because I completely otherwise agree. you're gonna think about that for forever. And yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't know, you don't know what you're gonna write. You yeah. really don't. It's just yeah. like what I did with Twenty One. Like it was another song before. Right. I don't even remember the other song. My emotions brought me to what it yeah. what it is now. Right. But I have a lot of songs that are just emotional vomit that are just never, <laughs> never going to see live day and nobody would want to listen to them anyway. <laughs> It's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Emotional. I mean, vomit. even I don't want to listen back to them now. At the time I did. At yeah. the time I was like, I feel this. And now I'm like, that's pretty boring. And I get it. I get why I did make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's just... I, I do struggle with like, I like to edit my songs as I write them. And right. I feel like that's like the worst way to get stuck when you're writing alone. Because mm. I mainly write alone. Yeah. So I edit too when I write. It's, it's the so worst. Right. I advised worst. completely yeah. against it. Finish. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I say that, but <laughs> I, I still, still do, do it. it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's hard. Um, but it's like, my I guess what I'm just trying to say is like just write down what if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. Like just yeah. get it out and you'll figure it out after, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'm such a perfectionist though that I want it to be the best on the first try, you know? Totally. I, I don't want to do like seven drafts. Mm -hmm. I just want to get it over with. Uh yeah. Yeah. Now I get it. So uh talk about your last song that you have out, Lucky Number. Do you have a lucky number? Yeah, it was 19. Yeah. I say it in the song once. Yeah. <laughs> I see my lucky number. I see 19. I see my lucky number everywhere I go. And I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Swear it follows me down every road. Always shows up. Started the day I was born <laughs> oh. on October 19th, 1995, 19 inches long. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Um, there's so much with the number. I mean, that's yeah. a thing. On my move to LA, when I decided to do everything really quickly, I was seeing the number 19. Yeah everywhere like wow. all the receipts all the license plates like the clock everything oh my um God. my zip code at home where oh. i am right now adds up to 19 my zip code in my new uh apartment in la adds up to 19 right wow um there's there's a lot you, more you picked that right that that one no i didn't no? pick it it's just after it? i moved there really my my i was talking to my dad about the number 19 I always like if I see it on the clock or whatever, I'll screenshot it and send it to him. And but he um he told me, he messaged me one day and was like, Oh my gosh, Bryce, <laughs> did you know that 
your zip code at home and at your apartment add up to 19. And I was like, you're joking. You have to be joking. Like, there's no way. And I was like, wow. you're kidding me. <laughs> and it's oh just like God. a thing. But then COVID happened and I was like, is 19 really lucky? <laughs> <sighs> and I was like, you know what? It's a sign. It's a sign that it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Greg and I, we wrote lucky number together and he numbers were like one of the first things we like bonded over because I remember we were recording 21 and I was like, are you a number person? Cause he, we were talking about 21 and right. Cause he was like, isn't it funny that like I worked with 21 pilots. I was on Adele's album 21 and now we're oh, recording wow. your song 21. And I was like, huh, that's really weird. And then um, he told me his crazy story about 11. He's really connected to 1111. And then we just started doing the whole 1111 thing and like just numbers were. That's a like weird we, one that everybody has. Everybody has it. Um, yeah. But he has some crazy stories. Wow. But like, so I actually started writing Lucky Number when I was moving to LA. Yeah. I was staying at my friend Caroline's house and no place to live yet. And I was just like hoping for a place to live. And I wrote that the first verse all the way through the first chorus there. Okay. Yeah. And I voice memoed it and I never finished it. And Greg and I, it's, it's the first time we ever wrote really. Um, yeah. Greg, a year later was like, Hey, I have this session at Sunset Sound, which is really awesome studio um, in LA. Uh, this company, Pure Mix, wants to film me with an artist for three days in their writing. Like, I really want you to do it with me. And I was just like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, How can Pure you Mix, say no to that? I know, but at the same time, yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty scary to write with somebody for the first time in front of a full film crew, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but we did it and it was the best. And I played, Greg was like, bring some ideas in. We had breakfast right before we went to the studio and I played the voice memo of Lucky Number for him. And he was like, that's, we're going to do that. He loved it. He connected with it. And then um, we went in that day and wrote the rest of the song. And yeah. it's all filmed on Pure Mix in like a 12 episode series. Yeah. And wow. we recorded it. We recorded at Sunset Sound that week. And then it was the first song out because the series came out. The series came out and I was, everybody wanted the song out. And I was like, well, it might as well be the first one you know um yeah. because people people had already known it and it just made sense to come out at the same time as the series and it, it felt like a nice sweet intro to my story and um but if you listen to it it's like the place that greg took that song is so magical like the bridge didn't exist before him right and if he wasn't there like it would have been so much more boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just like, let's go to this chord. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I have like 
backing vocals in my head and and it just became awesome and um yeah so sometimes songs happen fast sometimes you write the beginning of them and a year later it's there uh and it's like totally something more than you expected it to be yeah and it was yeah so that was the first song out came out a year ago yeah a year ago last month after that it was great yeah i mean everything started growing from then on like yeah um i think it was really cool for me that there were so many people that like followed along the process of us creating it like from writing all the way like adding every single instrument and recording the vocals like people were watching all of that so Mm. it felt like they were part of the journey i mean it was really cool for me to feel like there were all these people along with us in the studio that now feel connected to this song you know right um so that was awesome and i know that's a really special experience that for for them and just for for me as an artist as well to to have people that that have been in the studio with me technically you know um right really cool and so that song came out last february we recorded all three music videos last February as well. Um, before the pandemic. Yeah. Like two weeks before the pandemic hit. I know. Did you record them on the, on the 19th? (laughs) No, that would have been amazing. (laughs) Wow. Um, no, but the first song came out on the 19th. Oh yeah, well, hey. you pick that one. Sure of course, it's yeah. like I had to put lucky number out on the nineteenth. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. Um. So we recorded three music videos right before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, I remember being like, uh, "Are we still releasing music?" It's <laughs> 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 like, and I got so nervous. I mean, I yeah, I I do feel. I mean, it's like, it's nice to know that I wasn't the only artist that was like, oh my God, what's happening? I mean, everybody mm. and not only artists, obviously, or like what's happening. Um, yeah. But now looking back on it, it was just like, I was putting music out for the first time and I spent years creating, waiting for that moment. And all of a sudden mm. I'm, I was planning a release show for 21. Totally. Like, I remember the day the pandemic hit being like, hey, I have to cancel the show right and it was but like it obviously nothing was normal but there is definitely something beautiful about the fact that i was alone in my apartment most of the year and i started seeing my song travel and i had never felt my music travel before yeah you know like i was seeing it people covering it in germany and italy and reacting to love life in portugal and just like i was just like sitting there in my room like in the most like tumultuous time feeling it feeling it connect with people and and seeing messages in my dms all like every day i was waking up to messages and covers and i was just like how is this happening like and i think it felt it was also special because like I'm super independent. It's like I have Greg, but mm. it's just me and Greg. I'm like running everything. He's recording the music and that's it. So yeah. the fact that I was getting that 
kind of connection from people was like so encouraging and inspiring for me to be like, oh, this is being heard and there's not even a huge team behind it. And there's not, you know, like mm. just to keep going and um, just that, that people are, I think like thinking back to what I was, what I said at the beginning of this, where like why I started and mm. connecting with people and healing and emotion and honesty that that was coming through in my music at a time like this to the point of people wanting to reach out and tell me was like, okay, you're doing something right, yeah. you know? And especially like when I wasn't able to like go play shows and feel like I was really living my purpose, like that was where I found it this year, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know if, if that, if I didn't have music out, it would have been very different for me mm -hmm. this year because I wouldn't have had any sort of connection with people with, with my songs. So, yeah. Yeah, it's weird how the pandemic works, right? Like <laughs> in terms of because yeah. I I took advantage of the pandemic too. Like I had a novel written that I was gonna that I began sending to publishers and to agents, mm -hmm. and then uh, the pandemic hit, and I I was like, my mom was sitting in the living room with me, and she was like, people are reading online and buying books. You should just release it yourself and just see what that does and I was like I, I don't know I don't know what yeah. to do and then I just started the process and I just released it and that's amazing like, yeah I was like okay whatever hey, tell me more what is this book what is this <laughs> uh, I wrote a, a novel uh it was three years in the making it's a fictional novel about two female detectives Ooh, yeah that's awesome so, what's yeah. it called it's uh, called Yesterday is Not Yet Gone. Okay. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Yeah, please do. Nothing stays buried forever, especially not the past. Yesterday is Not Yet Gone, a mystery novel by Gabriel Vega, host of the Very Creative Podcast. Available now, paperback and digital. GabrielVega.com. Buy it now. You talked about your writing process, but is there mm -hmm. a specific time in the day that you uh, write? Because I know for me, the morning is the best. Right? Oh, I love the morning too. Yeah. Morning is great. I feel like I work way better when I don't have my phone next to my bed and I just yeah. wake up and grab my coffee and go to the piano or the guitar. Yeah. But that's also kind of really hard to control. So yeah. But I, I do notice that that's like the best way to understand, to just feel the process happening. Um, yeah. I honestly love working at night too, but I have to not be tired. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the mood, yeah. the mood is beautiful for, right. for writing. I, th I think like morning and night, the middle of the day just feels weird. Yeah. Um, for me, the middle of the day is more like, I want to record something I've already written before or like try, you know, versus chasing ideas and stuff. Like it feels a little bit better when, when there's some sort of yeah. magic. No, I get what you, what you mean? And I get what you mean with the, the night there's the mood has a big impact on you and your writing for me too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, 
but I can't do it at night. Uh, even though the mood is there, uh, I, I feel too tired. I feel too exhausted. It's hard. You got to get, yeah. you got to be motivated. Yeah. 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 Or you, <laughs> I, I once wrote, but I had a drink in me. So that <laughs> that's uh, great. But yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's the best writing I've ever done though. Morning is great. I think I wrote, I wrote 21 at night. Yeah. But that feels like I wrote it at night. Yeah. For me. Right. Like it's like, it, just cause it's so raw, but we wrote lucky number during the day. And I can tell, yeah. I can tell by the mood of it right. completely. It feels like I'm out in the sun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Must be so, so great to, uh, cause I, I, uh, do you feel like, uh, you, you being in the, the sun all the time, uh, cause you're in Florida and Miami, mm -hmm. uh, Miami and LA, uh, but here in Canada, it's always winter for me. It always seems oh to goodness. be winter. Does, does that, uh, do you think that helped your process or the, do you feel like you, you would have, uh, you would be a different writer if you lived somewhere else? yeah <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> totally um i actually love seasons i loved i loved it when i was in nashville like feeling feeling time mm -hmm. kind of compartmentalized was yeah. really you had that in nashville okay i had that in nashville yeah i mean it wasn't anything like canada <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as far as the winter yeah. goes but there were four seasons was the worst yeah yeah and i grew up um in miami where it really just feels like one one season right <laughs> like in your memories and in in songs and all of that so i feel like nashville was beautiful for that reason but la you do you feel it too because it does get a little cold like you feel the, the change yeah but the sun is beautiful um i need it like i think that i i'm better in la than nashville because it reminds me so much of home Yeah. in Miami and the ocean and the diversity and the sunshine and that's all super super important to me like there's a palm tree outside my window and it was the happiest thing ever for me to move from Nashville and like be like oh my gosh I can drink my coffee and <sighs> look out the window to a palm tree like yeah well. like my bedroom that I'm in right now is I look out and it's all palm trees oh, wow. in Miami like that's just the atmosphere i grew up in so yeah i know the feeling and, i have a place in florida my family has a place in florida oh you do yeah where in, uh fort lauderdale awesome that's not far yeah it's not far. great yeah i uh, i love it i love it yeah um, but i i think like yeah. and also my mom's from the caribbean so it's just like the the places i consider home like that's just mm. where i gravitate to and la has that and it definitely affects my process and how i feel centered you know yeah mm -hmm. so interesting um before we and then go to our game uh how do you uh deal with uh anxiety and mental health because for us creative i always say this on this podcast but it's so true people keep they need to hear this uh mm -hmm. like mental health is such a big thing and especially for creative people it can get lonely and you said writing alone and I feel the writing for me sometimes I'm like even though I go through therapy and everything it's just 
sometimes it can get into your head if you're having a block. So how do you deal with it? With a block? With with anxiety that comes from that, creative blocks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I mean, uh, usually I, I go outside. I call my mom. <laughs> right. Um, I just talk to people. I try and do other things. I, I do things that make me happy. Mm. Um, cause I think if you focus too much on it, it gets even worse. So mm. it's like, if it's not coming, don't stress it out. Like kind of try and balance your, mm. yourself to get yourself back to a place where it will naturally, um, where you naturally get back there. Yeah. Uh, so I I just do other things that make me appreciate where I am or feel more in my body. Um, do yoga. I, I cook. I clean. <laughs> I like I stress. That's clean all great things. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> eat ice cream and you know yeah. having friends in the industry helps a yeah. lot. Yeah, I good think friends, so. good friends that you can like confide in. Yeah that helps me so much like um when i get like that and i have people where i can be like yeah when they're like how are you i can be like eh, like not really feeling creatively there and they're like yeah i get it that's okay like don't be hard on yourself you know like you need those people right that that understanding can make that feeling less lonely yeah mm -hmm. that's good yeah um so the game is called the feel good game so what's your if a movie that makes you feel good you just watch it to feel good the devil wears prada that's amazing yeah <laughs> yeah it's or the princess diaries i'm such a girl but that's totally no i love those movies you're not such a girl i'm a guy and i love those movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. princess diaries yeah um what's your feel good tv show hmm Oh, what is my oh Grace and Frankie? Okay. Do you know that show? I've watched I think one episode. Oh my god, it's so funny. I will watch it now. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll t I'll let you know what I think. Um, what's your feel good song? Always be my baby by Mariah Carey. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> It got me through 2020, hands yeah. down. Oh, yeah? Why? Yeah. Because it's like when things were so stressful, I would put that song on and it was like everything releases in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you just want to dance. You just want to sing. Yeah. You just feel like there's. it's like a high school reunion. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I just love that song. It feels super like a hug i don't know how to explain it um but it's yeah. just one of those things for me do you have a feel-good album that uh from start to finish that you oh. just play it? that's hard I love, <laughs> sometimes like hollow notes definitely hollow notes um india Irie, i love and lauren hill but that's like not all feel good that's like yeah. an emotional journey yeah which feels good to me, yeah. but yeah. Is it because of nostalgia or? 
Um, I think not because of nostalgia. I think that Lauren Hill and Indie are two very they're very honest but very strong and experienced women. Like mm. they talk about all aspects of life. Mm. And it feels kind of um it just feels real. Yeah. You know? Right. I don't know how to No, it's fine. Yeah. Um but it just makes you feel good. Like the way India Irie talks about self-love so much, but in a way that's not, that's really beautiful and just mm. um, natural. You can tell that it's her honesty, you know? Yeah. Um, and Lauren Hill is like all, Miseducation Lauren Hill is easily one of the best records ever made. Like it, it goes from, through so many different stories of just everyday life. And right. passion. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's the passion in the records and the conviction that like you believe everything they say and you feel like they're right there, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's well, why they feel good records to me. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll watch and listen to all of those and I'll <laughs> let you know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, and I like, I, I can't believe that this is, so like this has been so amazing and you're amazing and uh, yeah i i never expected an episode like this and yeah thank you so much for coming well for thank you this. so much for having me and for asking such great questions <laughs> yeah well thank you for sharing that's the the amazing part about it you 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 shared so such amazing stories and it was great to to learn about all your journey and yeah thank you yeah, well, thank you for coming on to the creative podcast. The very creative, I can't talk anymore, but the very creative podcast, Bryce <laughs> Drew. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the very creative podcast with Gabriel Vega. To find out more, go to gabrielvega.com slash podcast or find us on social media at the very creative podcast. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube. Just search for the very creative podcast and subscribe.